the Start Your Own Business podcast. Hear inspiring startup stories and get reliable expert advice on how to start your business and get off to the best possible start. Brought to you by Startup Donut, helping small businesses succeed. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, best-selling author and host of the award-winning e-commerce master plan podcast. It's a real privilege to be a part of this brand new podcast, which is packed, packed, I say, with practical advice intended to help you successfully set up a new business and get off to a great start. We want to help you to save time and save money when starting your business and avoid some of those common pitfalls. This is the Start Your Own Business podcast by Startup Donut in association with the Federation of Small Businesses. And I can't think of two more brilliant organisations to turn to for information when starting or running your own small business. Throughout the series, we're going to answer key startup questions and you'll also be able to learn from the most reliable experts of all people who have started their own business, people who've been there and done it. And we're going to bring you some great real life startup stories. In today's episode, we're focusing in on branding. Yes, we're getting into your brand. Just what is a brand? How do you work out yours? We're also going to be talking about logos, business names, websites, and much more. Before we meet our guest and get into all of that, please do check out our sponsors. This series of the Start Your Own Business podcast is brought to you by Startup Donut in association with the Federation of Small Businesses. Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success in tough times. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your ambitions. FSB is proud to be the leading voice of 5.8 million small businesses and self-employed people like you across the UK, working to promote and protect your interests. With 24-7 legal support, nationwide virtual networking events, market-leading benefits and a powerful voice heard in governments, FSB are by your side so you can get it right from day one. The new Startup Hub has everything you need to know about starting a business, including business law basics, finance fundamentals and how to secure your first sale. From startup to scale up, start your business journey with FSB. Find out more and download the free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk forward slash start. It's time to introduce our startup expert, Liz Mosley. Liz is the host of the popular Building Your Brand podcast, which advises small businesses on a wide variety of subjects linked to their brand and marketing. She also offers training courses for small businesses, and she's a graphic designer with over 10 years experience who creates stunning brand identities for startups and small businesses. Hello, Liz. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Um, How did you get into working with small businesses? Good question. Um, Well, basically, I worked in-house as a designer for a university and I started uh, on the side. I decided to start my own small business um, selling stationery, basically. So I would design the stationery and get it made and sell it. And I guess through that got really involved in the sort of small, the creative small business community, um, met lots of other small businesses. And so then when down the line, I decided to stop that business and focus just on my own design practice. Um, I just 
felt really part of that community and loved that community. And so they seemed the obvious choice for me to sort of focus on working with. It's so much fun to work with people you like and businesses you find interesting isn't it definitely it makes a big difference and I just think there's something um really exciting about small businesses I like just what what the potential is and what the um like opportunities there are for them um which just makes it a really exciting sort of group of people to work with it's really dynamic and quick changes and quick adaption yeah it's an exciting place to be definitely Okay, well, we're here to talk brand. So let's start off with the big one. What is brand? <laughs> okay, well, so your brand is basically your business. Um, and then your branding is sort of how your customer or your client experiences that bi- that business and that brand. For example, their first interaction is likely to be your logo, um, you know, seeing that, say, on your website or on social media. Um, I mean, a bit old school, but maybe a business card. So that's sort of how they're going to that's sort of going to be their first interaction with your um, business. And that's part of your visual branding. Um, but there's it's also much wider than that. So it includes things, including Um, your copywriting, your photography, um, like how your website works. It could even be your customer service, um, what your invoices look like, you know, all of those different elements that um, a client or customer will interact with make up your branding, basically. So that's that's an awful lot of lot of things. And I'm guessing it's is it quite important that your brand is is distinctive and stands out? Does it need do we need a strong brand from day one? Yeah, so your branding is your opportunity to stand out from your competition, um, which is why it's quite important. Um, well, very important, I would say. Um, yeah, so you can like if you think about how we work as a society now um, with. Um, online with the internet we're very visual like people and so the whole um, classic don't judge a book by its cover um, cliche like that is what we do all the time and so your branding plays into that so people are going to make a judgment about whether your business is relevant for them whether it's the right fit for them really quickly because we we just do we automatically make judgments we make quick decisions because a we have quite short attention spans now but b we don't have much time so we need to decide whether something's relevant for us so yeah your branding and your brand standing out is important because you need to attract the right people um for you so the right clients and the right customers um and also stand out from your competition so it's about that kind of consistency across all touch points which i guess is is why you're saying it's not just the logo it's also how the site works what the invoices look like um and the copywriting as well yeah exactly yeah consistency is really important um and i think one there's sort of lots of different parts of the process to getting that put in place but one um, thing I think is really important is taking the time to really work out what your like your brand values are so what are what's what are the important things about your business what makes you stand out what makes you unique and also really knowing who your target audience is so who are you trying 
um, to attract because you don't want you don't really want to attract everybody. Um, that's just not really going to work for any business. So actually working out who it is that you're going to attract is really going to help you as you start putting all those building blocks in place. So what it looks like, what it sounds like, all of those elements. Um, yeah. So having having those sort of foundational bits of information is really helpful as you put your branding together. And when, you know, as you say, you need to know what the values of the business are and what that core target customer is. And of course, going through that process, if you find a total mismatch between your values and your target market, then you're learning something early on that you need to make some changes before you go any further. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's why it's important to to do that work before you get started. And I think um, also social media, for example, makes it a lot easier to find out that information. So it's easier to find out where your audience is hanging out, where your potential customers and clients are. It's easier to get feedback on what they're interested in, what they like, what resonates with them. And so you need to go on a bit of a sort of research and fact finding mission um, as early on as possible. Basically, that's going to save you time down the line if you can get those bits in place early on. Okay, Liz, so we've got to get to understand our values for our business. We've got to get to understand um, the our customer base, our target customer base and what they're looking for. Make sure those match up. And that's is that the, the two fundamental things for developing a successful brand or is there some other things we should consider too? I think those are two of the most important. They're the sort of foundational blocks. I think another thing that's really helpful to think about is Um, as you're putting together your branding and all the other aspects is how you want your customer to feel. Um, So what, you know, what your business is like and what you're trying to sell, how you want your customer to feel, those are all going to have a big impact on then what your brand is going to look like and what it's going to sound like. So that's another thing that's quite helpful to think about. I like it. The why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right, what we what we haven't yet talked about, which of course I think is is probably at the centre. Certainly, I suspect on the front of mind of everyone listening is the name of the business. Do you have any advice for for coming up with a good name? Naming things is so hard. Um, I have a few bits of advice, um, but it's probably going to be a challenge, uh, whoever you are. But basically, I think it's really important to think about longevity. So. When you're thinking about the name, think about, hang on a second, am I going to like this name in like five years time, 10 years time? Um, Also think about how you're planning to grow your business. So you're probably potentially starting off as just one person, but would you like it to be a bigger team? That can have an impact. So for example, if you name your business with your name, that might get a bit tricky if you grow and you become a bigger team. I mean, it might, some people make it work. There's not, there's definitely not a one rule fits everybody. These are just some things to think about. Um, I think it's important to make sure that it's easy to say um, and that it isn't sort of confusing, that it's memorable. And then one of the most important is that it's unique. So you need to check that that business name isn't being used by someone else um, because you yeah, you could get a cease and desist letter or something like that. So just, I mean, it's quite easy now with the internet to do a bit of research into what's out there. 
Um, so yeah, just, just do a bit of checking some like business names are trademarks. So then you really can't use that name. Um, so that's just another thing to think about. I think another tip would be to write down as many ideas as you can and sort of sit with them for a while. Um, so don't sort of rush into naming your business. Um, like maybe ask some friends that you trust the opinion of, you know, get some feedback from different people, maybe find someone who you um, know fits your target audience and get, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to sort of set up a big focus group or anything, but just ask a few people. It's good to get um, an outside perspective because sometimes something that think you think is amazing, you ask someone else and then they're like, oh, actually that makes me think of this. Um, and it's like totally not what you intended. So yeah, it's always good to get another perspective. <laughs> Is it fair to say in certain industries, there are certain kind of naming conventions? I think like, you know, estate agents, you were saying about don't name it after yourself, but estate agents and accountancy firms and law firms tend to have the name in. So in such as builders and, and those kind of industries, often we have the name of the person. So is it good to go with the trend in that instance or is it good to bucket and do something a bit different? Oh, that's a hard question. Again, I don't think there's a one size fits all. I think a lot of businesses do want to follow um, what other people in their industry are doing because, again, you know, it makes it clear who they are and what they do. So, for example, if you're an estate agent, you want people to know that that's what you're doing. You don't want to sort of go wildly off. Um, but there are instances where people buck the trend of their industry, do something really different and it really stands out and it's really memorable then for people because it doesn't look like everybody else. So I think it it sort of depends on, again, on who you're trying to attract. You know, like maybe you're an estate agent that's trying to attract actually quite a different target audience. So it would make sense to not, you know, like not go with the same as everybody else. Or, for example, maybe... Well, another one where they sort of follow a trend is banking. So maybe you are a bank, but you're trying to do things in a really different way. And so then it might make sense to that, you know, the way you look and what your name is to be quite different and distinctive. I suppose all of this comes back to the values and the target customer again, doesn't it? That kind exactly. of drives your your uh, your angle. The other thing which I, I find a lot of people are thinking about when they're trying to come up with a name is, is should it be funny? You know, I'm thinking, you know, you have hairdressers called Curl Up and Die and, you know, and things like that. Should you should you go funny in some places? Um, I think it can work. But again, I just think you need to think about the longevity. So the danger with sort of jokey names is they might not stand the test of time. I mean, they'll be more memorable and they'll stand out. So I think it just depends on what the funny, what the funny is, basically. So you just, I think it's really important to think about that it's not going to sort of backfire down the line, basically. Yeah, because we do want something which people can recall. And I suppose in this age of the internet, something they can actually spell as well yeah. is quite yeah, helpful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think with all of all of branding, all of this, the topic that we're talking about, the key thing is to make it as clear as possible. So your communication needs to be as clear as possible. You don't want to confuse people, whether that's with your name, your copy, the way things look. You want people to look at your branding and your brand and know what you're about as quickly as possible. So that's another thing to factor in when you're naming things. 
there's space to be clever, but if clever confuses, then it's probably not the route to go down. Exactly. Yeah. Well put. <laughs> and um, when we mentioned spelling there, is it important to find something you can buy the domain of, by which I mean the, you know, the www.something.com? Is that important these days? Yeah, that's another thing to factor in, because again, you want people to be able to find you easily. So people are automatically going to, if they want to find your business, search for your business name.com or .co.uk. So ideally, you want to be able to get one of those domains and if you can't get it that's something to think about because who's got that domain you know who where are people going to end up accidentally when they're looking for your business so that is another thing that's tricky you know you want to be checking um yeah website domains social media handles or however you're going to market yourself basically you want to be checking that you can get all of those i mean you might not be able to get them exactly how you want and you know you don't have to completely get rid of your idea just because the exact thing, you know, isn't available, but it's definitely something to consider. Especially in the core areas you you think you might be marketing your business. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not, if you're not planning to use Twitter, then you don't need to worry too much about it. If you're not planning to use Instagram, then it doesn't matter if that handle's not available, but just the, the places that you're planning to market yourself, have a look and make sure you can get as close to your business name as possible, really. Well, hopefully that's given all of you some some things to avoid and some things to go for when looking for those names. And, and I would totally reiterate what Liz, Liz said about create a big list and sit on it for a while because this is not a decision to rush. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, okay, the next thing I think everyone thinks of when they're talking about branding is, of course, the logo. Yeah. Do we need to spend big to get a good logo? Can we do it ourselves? What What's the best way to go about creating one in those very early days of a business? It's so hard because there isn't, there, like I've said before, there isn't a one size fits all. I think if you've got a really, really clear vision for your business and you know exactly who you're trying to attract and exactly what you're going to sell, then I think it's not wasted money to invest in paying a professional to do it. But I think you definitely can do it yourself um, to start off with, maybe while you're just sort of testing the water, finding out how your business is going to work. You know, it might be that it's a bit of an experiment. You're sort of trying something new and actually you want to just go for it and try it first before you sort of invest that money. And there's lots of different options if you do want to go down that route. I think my tips would be keep it simple if you're doing it yourself. You know, sometimes it can just be a case of buying a really nice font or typeface that like really reflects your business well and just having the name of your business written really simply. Um, the other thing I would say is keep it consistent. So put together a little document that just gives you some rules. So the rules being like, this is what my logo is. These are the fonts that I'm going to use for like my body copy, my headers, like on your website, on any promotional materials you produce, and then your color palette. So choose a color palette and use that consistently because actually that's going to massively help you make your brand 
yeah, look well thought through and more professional. Another option is you can buy semi-customizable logos. So someone's basically pre-designed it. You can buy it off the shelf um, and then they will just put your business name in and whatever colors you've chosen to use. So if you don't feel confident actually designing something, that can be another good option for starting out. You can find lots of those online on websites like Etsy or, you know, particular designers might offer that as well. I mean, as a professional designer, I'm always going to say that investing in a designer is worthwhile. But as a, as a small business owner as well, I totally appreciate that sometimes you don't have the budget at the beginning. And so there are definitely ways. I wouldn't let that put you off starting your business, you know, like definitely just go for it. You can find a way to make it work. And there's nothing wrong with having a brand refresh or a brand redesign down the line. You know, you can make that, you can, as you sort of grow your business, you can make that into a big event. Like, hey guys, check out my new branding. You know, that can be, you can almost use that as a marketing tool. My one tip would be though, you don't want to do that too often because it does slightly erode like the brand awareness because obviously people get used to seeing a particular branding. And then if that changes really regularly, then they're just going to get confused about who you are and what you're doing. So that's just something to consider. It's totally fine to have a, to redo your branding, to have a brand refresh, but you don't want to be doing it sort of every six months because you keep changing your mind about what style you like or something like that. So we need to be consistent, but it might pay us off in the long run to not invest too much at the beginning whilst we're still learning about the target customer and the values that resonate. So as we can play around with the business for a while to create the brief that will enable us to successfully invest in proper design help further down the line. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, some businesses just know exactly what the picture is right from the start. And and in that case, then, you know, go for it, get like invest from the beginning. But if you're not, which is totally fine, then yeah, those are some things to think about when putting it together yourself. And now we'll go from the relatively straightforward space of the logo into the very complicated space of the website. Because these days, most businesses need some kind of web presence. And while some businesses can kick off with a Facebook page or an Instagram profile and kind of wing it that way for a while, within a pretty short period of time, most businesses are going to need their own website. So is this something we can DIY, we can do ourselves? I'd say the answer is the same as with the logo. So you can, <laughs> I had a feeling you might. <laughs> you definitely can. Again, if you're in a position to invest in it, um, it'll take stress off your plate. Um, you know, you'll know that it's going to work well and properly. There are lots of tools now that make it easier to DIY websites. So, for example, things like Squarespace, um, Shopify. I mean, again, it depends what sort of business you're running, but those make it a lot easier for you to build a website without sort of, you know, coding necessary or anything like that. So, yeah, you can do it yourself. And again, if you've spent a bit of time thinking about your color palette and your fonts and, you know, that kind of thing, then it makes it it makes it easier because you're not having to start from scratch. So, you know, okay, well, these are the four colors that I'm going to use in my website. These are the fonts that I'm going to use. Um, and again, I, my advice would be if you're doing it yourself to keep it simple, not to try to do anything too complicated. It's amazing how much just defining the colours, the fonts and having the logo can make everything suddenly appear cohesive. Yeah. 
just those simple steps can make a real, real difference. And um, yeah, I would I would reiterate your point as well about not making the website too complicated first on, because the thing is at the moment, when you're a startup, you don't know what you need on that website. I mean, obviously your, your contact details about your services, but anything else, until you start hearing from customers, you just don't know what, what you need to put on it. So you can spend an awful lot of time trying to build out a website perfectly and then 80% of it never get looked at by anyone, which is depressing when it happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A few other things that I think would be good to think about is um, really considering how people will use your website. So you want them, to, if they can't find the information quickly and easily, they'll give up. So you you don't want to send them sort of down a rabbit warren trying to find out how much this service is going to cost or how they buy this product. So again, sort of keep, have a get a few of your friends to play around. You can almost send them like set them like a little quiz. Like I want you to go to my website and find this bit of information and see how long it takes them to find that bit of information. Also, making sure you have a call to action. Like, what do you actually want people to do when they fall on your website? So, is it that you want them to get in touch for a quote, or is it that you want them to find out about this particular product you're selling? You need to make it as easy for them as possible. Um, and then the other thing to think about is accessibility so if they can't read what is on your website easily they're going to give up so one of the big mistakes I see people making is center aligning their text on their website and large amounts of text that are centered aligned are really hard to read because your eye automatically goes back to the next line but if it's not directly under the previous line it has to work harder to find where the next line starts just little things like that um, sans serif fonts are often easier to read on screen um, and not having like a totally bright white background again you know just off white that makes it easier so just those are just a few little tips of how to make it more accessible to people as well and just quickly for those listening who are going sans what uh, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's a sans serif font? so um you've got sans serif and serif fonts and a serif font is the one that has like the little kicks um at the end edges of the letters so for example if you think of times new roman that is a serif font and it's it basically looks a little bit more old-fashioned um and it has the kicks a sans serif is one that doesn't have any kicks so it looks more modern it's like london and underground and the, yeah, the road exactly. signs. Helvetica is like the really well-known one. Yeah, exactly. The road signs and the underground. So that's the sans serif. Yeah. So as we've gone through some of the kind of do's and don'ts of websites and the DIY options and the finding someone to do it, how much would it be reasonable to spend on your first website? I think you're looking at about a thousand pounds plus um really to get someone to build out your website for you it kind of depends what they're building it in so if they're if there's lots of people who specialize in building websites in squarespace or in shopify and obviously um that's different from if you're getting someone to code and build something completely bespoke for you but I think around a thousand pounds sort of minimum is you will find people who will do it for cheaper and then you'll find people that will be a lot more like shopping around getting a few different quotes sort of looking at people's examples another another option that I forgot to mention is that you can buy templates for those platforms so it's again it's like a bit like the semi-customizable logos it's a pre-designed website that then you can can go in and just input you know your colors and your fonts and they'll often give you um, help and advice with how to do that 
And so if we, if we go the DIY route on a Squarespace, a Shopify, a Wix, one of those sites with one of their themes or templates, what's the pr- rough budget for one of those? Oh, for a template, I think you're looking at a few hundred pounds. Again, it does vary and it depends how many sort of pages you need. I think you probably, again, will find ones for a lot less and ones for a lot more. So it's, But I think, yeah, a few hundred pounds is probably what you're looking at for a good sort of template. So it's definitely a case of having to think about how much we think the website's going to be worth to us, how much it's going to bring us and be how important it's going to be in our business to then work out how much we want to invest and which route we want to go down at what stage. Yeah. One thing that I would say is that the thing that's really important about a website is that it's your own space. So other platforms, for example, say you did a lot of your marketing on Instagram, you don't control Instagram. Um, Instagram could one day turn around and close your account, whereas your website you're in control of. You know, even if your website host went down, you own that domain. So you could quickly put something else up using a different platform. So that's why I think it's important to have. Another thing that I would say, which I don't think we're really going to cover Um, in depth in this but is to set up an email newsletter because again that's something that you control and you own and so then you can still contact your customers um, and they can find you um, without relying on somebody else's platform basically. That owning your platform is such an important point to make. We will cover it when we have our marketing episode. We'll be talking about the importance of having your email account or your email marketing activity, because it's really easy to just kind of get sucked into what is basically the Facebook vortex these days with Facebook and Instagram. But of course, they can at any moment with no no comeback for, for you at all. They can just kick you off. Um, yeah. which if that's the only place you've got, that's a real, it's real difficult one. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's game over and um, and you can't go and shout at them. Well, yeah. you can shout at a logo of Facebook if you want, but, um, but you're not going to get very far. One other thing to mention on the website um, front is to make sure it's responsive because so the percentage of people that now look at websites on their mobile rather than on a desktop is huge. Um, so you want to make sure that you're using a platform that is responsive. So for example, yeah, Squarespace and Shopify both would be. Wix is like semi-responsive, but not totally. So that's something to factor in if you went down the Wix route. But the good thing is most of these platforms we're mentioning, they deal with a lot of the really complex stuff for you. Yeah. So you can you can just focus on getting the brand right, the copyright, the calls to action right and not have to worry about coding and yeah. all those horrible things Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that we don't want to get into. Unless, of course, you're starting up a web design agency, in which case. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully <laughs> you'd know. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully you like coding if you're, <laughs> if you're into to web design. So Liz, we've covered a lot of the amazing building blocks of creating your brand and making it consistent. But I'm sure everyone out there is going, right, I, I need examples. So are there a couple of small business brands in recent years that you've been really impressed with how they've done the branding piece? Um, so one of them that really stands out for me is a brand called Motherhood. Um, and it's run by a lady called Gemma. It is a sort of clothing brand, um, mainly for kids, but they also do some adult wear. Um, and I think that re- the, the thing that really stands out for me is that she has a really distinctive visual style. Um, you know, you see something that she's selling or something that she puts out there and it's 
you know, it's very obviously hers, um, but also how she shows up herself in her business. Um, so she shares a lot on Instagram stories, which is a great way of getting across your personality. And that is a big part of your brand as well. If you're um, a one person business, a solopreneur, then actually it can be really helpful if you and your personality are a part of your branding. And she does that really well. So definitely someone that I would recommend checking out. Um, this isn't a small business and this example is used all the time, but it is definitely worth um, looking at is Innocent Smoothies. So that's like a huge company, but their copy, um, their copywriting is really fun and playful um, and quirky. Like that really stands out in terms of how you might want to do things a bit differently to stand out. I think those are the main examples. I mean, there's there's so many people setting up small businesses and doing such a great job of just really clearly getting their message across. And yeah, I would definitely recommend having a look at what other people are doing in your industry, but also getting inspiration from businesses in other industries. It's quite good to just sit down and be like, okay, what do I like about what they're doing, what don't I like, you know, what works for me, what doesn't work for me. I think the thing that I've been really learning most when it comes to small businesses, and I've said this quite a few times now, but there isn't there isn't a one size fits all. Like there isn't one rule of how you should do anything. So although there's sort of like design best practices when it comes to your branding, um, you can find, a, you know, your own way to do things that work well for you. Um, so, yeah. So, Liz, would that be the key thing you want listeners to take away from this episode? Or is there there another key point they should take when it comes to, to building their brand? So... I think there's three things that I'd want them to take away. One is consistency. So that is just huge when it comes to your branding and when it comes to promoting your business um, because it builds trust in your customers. Uh, the second is just communicating as clearly as possible. So whether that's through your branding, through your copy, through your photography, through your website, just make things as easy as possible for your customer to find out what it is you do and what you want them to do. And again, the foundational blocks that I mentioned will help you get to that. Um, and then the other one is just how do you want your customer to feel? Like, how do you want them to feel when they interact with your business? Do you want them to feel empowered? Do you want them to feel excited, delighted? You know, like what what do you want them to come away from interacting with your business feeling? So those are the three sort of key things that I think would be worth thinking about as you start your business. Very cool. OK, Liz, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know how they can find you and your business on the web, please? Yeah, sure. So you can find me on my website, which is lizmosley.net. And then you can find me on Instagram. That's the place that I hang out the most um, at Liz M. Mosley. Um, yeah, those are the main ones. And you can listen to my podcast, which is like you said at the beginning, called Building Your Brand and goes into a lot of these topics in a bit more depth as well. Marvellous. Well, thank you, Liz, for being such a great guest. It's been a pleasure chatting brand with you. Oh, thanks for having me.
What an excellent guest. Liz's three points that she summed up with, I thought were absolutely brilliant. And I'm going to add two more of my own for you. First off, be consistent. However much you're investing or not investing in your logo, your branding, your website, work out those fonts and colours and tones and be consistent with it across everything you're doing. That is worth an awful lot more than investing heavily as when you're just starting up. Secondly, get to grips with your business values and your target customer and their motivations to buy. Why are you in business? Why do they want to buy from you? That will stand you in good stead, both with your branding and with everything else you do. It really is the core of what you're about to set out on. You can get the notes from this episode and links to all those juicy free resources and more that we mentioned at startupdonut.co.uk forward slash podcast. That's donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. So startupdonut.co.uk forward slash podcast. There you'll also find a wealth of advice and guides to help you to launch and grow. As you know, this series is here to hold your hand through setting up and launching your new business. So next up, we'll be covering... Money. Yes, the money you need to get your new business up and running, including where you can find investment and how to manage it once you've got it. If you're enjoying the series and you've listened this far, so I'm guessing you're finding it useful, then please do spread the word and tell any others you know who are currently setting up their own business. Thanks to FSB for making this whole series possible. And don't forget to download their free startup guide. Details coming in a moment. Running your own business is exciting. You've got a great idea, the ambition to succeed, and lots of questions about how you can make your business a success in tough times. That's why the Federation of Small Businesses is behind you every step of the way, whatever your ambitions. The FSB Startup Hub has everything you need to know about starting a business, including business law basics, finance fundamentals, and how to secure your first sale. From startup to scale up, start your business journey with FSB. Find out more and download a free startup guide today by visiting fsb.org.uk/start.